You are listening to Absent-Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Absent-Minded today uh, in a pod somewhere over Central Europe as we have a new member of the staff joining us from Rome, Anton Rasegård. Welcome to Absent-Minded. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, talk all across Europe with a fellow Swede in English for a Canadian audience. It's a perfect mixture of, uh, of all the nationalities here. The big news really today uh, came on Hockey Plus, which is a smaller website in Sweden, but with very good connections. Uh, having spoken to Brynäs GM in, in a uh, podcast, uh, they revealed that Brynäs is, is uh, looking into getting Matthias Norlinder. And uh, let's be honest, Brynäs is, is, is a good club. It's a classic club. But uh, there isn't a club in, in Swedish hockey that wouldn't ask for, for uh, Matthias Norlinder. So it's more of the fact that if he stays in Sweden next year, he will be in SHL one way or another, right? Yeah, the thing is that I saw in the, um, in the article uh, as well that his agent, Klaus Elefalk, came out and saw, said that uh, there were several, like most of the clubs in the SHL had asked about Matthias Norlinder and I mean it's obvious when you have a defender who is 19 years old and already plays um, as much 17-18 minutes a game and uh, as leads like all defenders and leads his team in, in goals and points um, in his first real start of a season I mean it's obvious that it's gonna attract uh, better clubs than Mudo. He's been with Mudo for a long time and if Modo qualifies uh, for SHL, I would I would think that he stays in Modo because it, it is the right thing to do in many ways, especially when it comes to, to things in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, we saw it with uh, Philip Hollander and, and Jacob Olofsson uh, last year and that stayed with Timro when they qualified for the SHL and they, now they moved on to maybe greener pastures uh, in, in this season. But anyway... Um, is there any team that you can foresee as a good fit for, for Matthias Norlander in, in SHL uh, next year? I mean, it's difficult to say because I think he has a really good thing going with Modu right now. I mean, he's being mentored by Toby Enstrom, a guy who has 70, 700 NHL games um, to his resume. Uh, and he has a good coach in Bjorn Helqvist who has a good renome in in Swedish hockey um, and he's getting you know like he's getting good line minutes and uh, the thing is that if he takes the step like because obviously like we would like um, a top prospect to play as much minutes as possible and preferably in a good team so if he takes the step to the SHL it would preferably be to one of the better teams instead of playing like mostly like Jacob Olsson did last year to play on a team in Timro that wasn't very good. I mean, it's po- like it's a positive thing for getting good defensive minutes, but not the like not the role that we would possibly want him to play for the Canadians in the future, which means that what I would like would for be for him to go in a position where he can 
play for a dominant team um, that is in the uh, top of the table and where he's getting good minutes. Um, and I don't know if he will be ready for that. I hope that, like, you know, if Muru doesn't take the step, then of course he's going to go to the SHL if he doesn't, you know, explode and already comes over to comes over to uh, North America next season. Yeah, and that's, that really is the main thing. Can he be in North America next season? We see the, the logjam of, of defenders right now in, in uh, AHL. There will be someone going out or, or someone sitting a lot in, in AHL and um, bringing in, uh, even if there's talk about Alexander Romanov, um, Norlinder as well, bringing in two stud defenders um, to, to the AHL team. It might cause more problems than than letting them uh, develop in, in Europe in another year or two. I know it's not what a lot of Canadian fans wants to hear, but uh, getting good minutes uh, and and either uh, on the defensive side with Modo or a top team where, where uh, they will really push his physique, I would assume, when it comes to Norlander, uh, push his physique and, and let him play. Uh, the good thing is, is probably that at least one of the good teams will ask around for him. If that is a, a classic team like uh, Jurgården or Kolefti or Fredonda or one of the new upcoming teams with Vekhoe who has a terrible season right now, so we, we're not sure how it goes. But Or, or Rögle that looks phenomenal and has been out of luck with some really good defenders, Timothy Liljegren and, and, and Rasmus Endin to Toronto has been shopped over. But these two were first rounders. Matthias Norlinder is an overager and he's a third rounder. So if Canadians sign him, I believe it comes down to the fact that uh, since he's not a first rounder, he can't go to AHL if he has a valid contract in Sweden or any other European league. That would mean that he would have to be sent back to, to that league in Sweden. Uh, according to to the NHL and Europe agreement, and and I think it will probably benefit him. Um, I met him in Kokansta last week, and he's reluctant to speak English anyway. So give him another year to master the language and and get better on the ice, and then come over to make a really good impact rather than just you know uh, move him over and and maybe. Change his career, like we've seen with Pulio Yarvi, that that also lacked the English language when he went over to Edmonton. Yeah, like uh, I mean, that is uh, an obvious thing. Like I mean, if he comes over, he should be ready both mentally and physically. And you know, going from like playing in Allsvenskan this year, I mean, it's a second tier division. Uh, that is. Like, I mean, it's a big step. Uh, the question is, like, I mean, I think a 19-year-old who was just, I mean, he was draft eligible last year and wasn't even drafted. Um, things have moved very fast for him. Um, and, like, I, he wouldn't, it wouldn't be negative for his uh, development to stay another year in Sweden, I'm sure. Like, now we are obviously very hyped uh, when a guy recently drafted and 
being considered a, a steal coming in the third round, uh, has already scored five points and has a, a plus-minus statistics of plus seven, ten games in. We have to remember he had his first assist as well last night, right? Or the official assist. Yeah, official assist, exactly. And he had another one that wasn't registered. Um, so he has already like beat his own point total from last year, and it's ten games in. Um, so, like, I mean, he looks great, and it's a great development, but there is no rush. I mean, Canadians have him, you know, under their wings uh, for, for a few more years. Uh, what do you think? Like, do, do you have, like, I mean, you've watched him more than I have, so do you have a specific team that you think he would fit in uh, in the SHL, consider his, you know, playing style and where you think he would get good, you know, top-line minutes or something? I'm getting more and more hyped about Rögle. I've, I've, I've been down there quite a few times. It's, it's an easy uh, thing to drive down there. It's an hour and a half with my car. And I can see him, young coaches, former pros, um, that, that didn't, Chris Abbott and, and Cam Abbott uh, finished their careers in Sweden four or five years ago. And and they're he could learn English from them as yeah, well. Probably that that would might actually be be beneficial. But but um, they they have a team where there's a lot of young guys coming in with a few old guys sprinkled around, and they're building for a challenge to challenge the the, the for, for the cup. And I remember a couple of years ago when when I spoke with Cam and Chris, and they said, "Yeah, our long term goal is to win a championship in Rugla." And you, I, you were laughing a little bit in, inside, going like, "No, this this is not what we can. Can they do it? Can they really challenge? We had Vecco that came up and challenged. Can they really do that? Another team? It would be like Leicester winning the Premier League, and and we know that happened. So so Regla can do it. There is not an, another yeah. sport around that area that would uh, challenge uh, for for um, uh, PR money as well. So so. Or, or sponsorship deals. So I think, yeah, Rugla might actually be, be one of the best. I, I could see him play very well in Becque, uh, Choleftio probably as well. I'm unsure, and it hurts me to say this, about Fra, uh, Roger Runbergs uh, in Frelanda. Uh, if he's really good at developing defenders, he's su- had success now with Jakob Mvera, who is a LA Kings draft pick, and and is signed by LA Kings and he took huge strides in his development last year. But before that, he, he Philip Westerlund didn't succeed. Uh, he was a high prospect. He was a first rounder for Arizona. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin more or less was a you know self-playing piano, as we say in Swedish. Uh, you didn't really have to coach him a lot because he he, he was just there. He was Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 leaning actually towards Regla. I I'm, I know we spoke about it a little bit, and and it was not the team that I thought would 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 make sense, but in some ways it does make sense. Uh, they have a clear profile as well, Regla, with uh, wanting to boost younger players' careers. They have a very good youth team, as we said, both Rasmus Sandin and. Uh, uh, Timothy Liljegren uh, came up through their ranks and their first round picks. They also right now have Dominic Bock, who was uh, selected uh, as number 25 by St. Louis last year on loan uh, from Vekva. Uh, and they have Nils Hoglander, who is uh, was selected this year in the second round by Vancouver. That's a great, like, it, it would be a great environment for him. Uh, I can also see that uh, 
for you for Montreal fans, it's uh, fun to see that Eric Jelinas, the old Rocket uh, defender, is playing for regular right now. Indeed, and and uh, it's it's a challenging thing, and and the next challenge for for uh, Matthias Norlinder is. Um, and the first step is really the, the Four Nations tournament uh, in Helsinki in a couple of weeks' time. Last year, the, the Sweden's team to the Fourth Nation in, in November held 15 of the players that went on to play in the World Junior Championships. It wasn't really a great success for the Swedish team last year, so let's be honest with that. But uh, with the addition of Sandine down to, to the Marlies, Victor Sederström, uh, is is back with Brynäs, Philip Roberg, of course, and and there are other defenders as well. And and you have to start wondering, can Matthias Norlinder really break into that World Junior team? Yeah, I mean it's difficult, uh, especially since he's playing second tier. Like even if he dominates there, there will always be a like a question if it's just because he's playing in a lower tier. Um, Considering that, I mean, it is a very good. Like Sweden is, are you know, Sweden is a very good country for developing defensemen. Um, so, so we'll just hope, like you know, we'll hope that he continues to improve uh, the way that he's shown for the first ten games, and that uh, Coach Montaigne, uh, you know, chooses to uh, to see the upside of Matthias Mullinger. And going across a little bit to to the other European prospects, if we we'll look at them, just short here and there um, Arsene Shizamatinov has just finished his game in KHL today he played uh, a little over six minutes I think it was uh, he's down to fourth line minutes this is the guy you take a swing on in, in the seventh round uh, and and yeah he's getting KHL minute and let's be happy with that uh, he got two shots and then a penalty against him but um He's, he's still, even with the new players that Neheftimik, I think it's pronounced, uh, got last week, um, he's still in the team and, and that bodes well. I think he is sure to join the Rocket next year. Yeah, uh, as you said, like it's the kind of guy that you take a swing on in a later round because you don't want to compete with other teams about having to sign him as an unsigned free agent because he has that upside. I mean, he had... In the MHL, the Junior League, I mean, he was an overager. He was 20 years old last year, but he had 55 points in 41 games. Um, and now he's played mostly in the KHL, uh, albeit on a bad team. But he's also played some second-tier um, second uh, hockey in Samara in the VHL uh, and done well. Uh, so, yeah, he's 21 years old. He will be 22 next year. Um, he shows that he can be, you know, a good developmental big uh physical forward potentially for like i mean he he i don't think he will ever have you know the star uh, potential but i mean he he could be uh, a guy that you could throw into a, like a bottom six role and um, i'm sure that he could do well in a rocket team next year and let's be honest we, we saw with his assist last week that uh, he got some smooth hands as well he, he got the russian um, style and, and uh, mentality to play the game and, and he plays the game the Russian way where there is rather a pass than maybe a shot sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I mean, he's, a, he's an interesting guy to... Um, I mean, I, 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 
considering like that day in June and those days in June when uh, when Montreal made their picks, there were a lot of picks that were kind of like that you didn't really know what you were getting. Um, we had guys like Kieran Ryshinsky, Rafael Larvi, Pinard, especially maybe for us who are outside of Quebec, didn't know who he was. Um, and Asim Chisamotino, Chis, exactly, um, that I hadn't heard about. But like, when you look at it, they are guys that are worth to take a swing on um, and to just see uh, if you can develop their specific skills in Chisamotino's uh, case, mostly his physicality and his ability to, to actually be like if he can develop some kind of scoring ability as well, that would be great. Uh, right now he has one assist in seven games, um, but mostly because of his physicality and his uh, ability to, you know, be a, be a presence. And also he is on arguably one of the worst teams in, in KHL right now. So, so one assist in seven games is pretty damn good. Um, Another one of those maybe underachievers that, that we always come back to to speak about him in, in those regards until he probably, hopefully, breaks out this year is Jacob Olofsson. Uh, Kolefdio at this moment holds a 1-1 uh, game away to you, Gordon. Uh, Kolefdio is third in the standings, uh, I think. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think that... Uh, Jacob Olsson is the only player without a point that plays regularly for for Hulefio so far this season. When will he break his duck? Like it will happen sooner or later. I mean, it's not a problem really. I mean, he he. The important thing for Jacob Olsson is to continue just his development. I mean, he got. Now I think that it kind of goes to his head. He's 19 years old and he plays for a top team now considering where he was last year when he was playing in Timro and he had to take much more responsibility. Now he can actually take a step back and like be more himself, hopefully, um, not having to take that responsibility for the team as he had to do as a carrying player in Timro. And when he does that, if it's in a week or a month or like, it will release some of the pressure and then he, he just needs his first goal, really. Yeah, or, 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 or even a good setup pass just to... Yeah, exactly. But a pass that he actually means to get there, not just a fluke shot that ends up on a teammate's stick and, and it goes in. But he, he needs a he needs a proper good play and, and unfortunately he didn't get it when when he um, made Jesse Pulu Jarvi go out and buy a hot dog for him mm -hmm. uh, in, in the CHL game last night. But or yeah last night, two nights ago. Last night. And uh, it, it it would have been perfect. The the puck just missed the net with about two centimeters. And it would have been the deciding goal in the overtime as well. So it would have meant a lot mentally for him. Uh, I think he will break out. He, he looks to be sure, more or less, in the uh, national team, though, for the World Juniors. Thomas Montaigne has leaned on him to, to center Holtz and, and Raymond, uh, two of the Swedish prospects, uh, for, for the next year's draft uh, that will most likely make the team. Yeah, that, that will be really exciting because then he will get to play with his peers and he will get to play on a highly skilled line and will be very interesting from a supportive perspective to see what Jacob Olsen can do in the, on that kind of level with one more year of experience considering, you know, last year and now to see like what he can do. And hopefully on a better Swedish team as well where... Uh like last year with all the injuries that happened and all the illnesses that went on, 
he was asked to play defender uh, for half a game more or less and and uh, I, I think he's usefulness as a hockey player sometimes hampers him because he ends up a little bit further away from the goal because he takes that defensive responsibility sometimes we just need to see him go straight onto the goal or, or, or and stay in front of the goal but he's um, a center and a center that takes his role seriously because everyone has always asked him about his defensive acumen and and he doesn't want to hear that anymore and, and now everyone is starting to question his offensive acumen instead Sounds like you kind of um, put him in the Lekkonen category. It's like someone who maybe puts up a little bit too much uh, defensively sometimes so that it you know, decreases his uh, offensive output. Yeah, especially Lekkonen does that. In, in, in SHL he did that for a year and then he, he took over, and especially in the playoffs. But, but uh, yeah, he has that role right now that a coach loves because you can put him in anywhere and he will always do the job. And, and that probably would hamper Lekkonen a little bit. Uh, even if he should have scored like what four goals last game he had some amazing chances and and he's running out of puck luck like or, or the, the wrong way around more or less he, he runs out of um any luck and sooner or later he will break out as well at least i hope so because he's one of my favorite players um we got there were rumors and, and there, there, it's confirmed that Mark Bergevin is going to go to Russia to speak with Alexander Romanov about signing with Montreal and hopefully next year when his contract runs out. I have said in, in our Slack channel forever more or less that Seska will, will throw everything including the golden kitchen sink at him to stay one or two years. Um, and, and I think he will end up staying. Um, if you were, if, if someone asked me at the age of 19, if, if I would want uh, $1 million or $2 million, uh, I would take $2 million anytime. Yeah, and the problem is as well, I mean, it's a, it's a big step. We know that with Russian players, that it's a big step. Um, in general, they don't have the best um, English skills when they are grown up, they don't have like that access to English as uh, many other like Scandinavian prospects, even like even like consider what we said about Norlander, um, which means that it's a big step to do, especially if you have the opportunity to play good minutes in a top team in Seska Moscow and get more money for it. Like, why would you make this step? So. It's going to be difficult for Mark Bergman to really convince him and he's going to make sure to have to tell him what plans they have and how they can develop him and what um, Luke Richardson and, and um, Claude Julien can, can do for his development. And also I think you have to, in Mark Bergman's way, offer him a roster spot on Montreal Canadiens. You cannot say, yeah, you might have to play in AHL for a year or, or a few games because then he will stay in Seska directly as well. And I'm not sure that Mark Bergevin is up to make such a commitment. No, like Bergevin has always had the, uh, like, I mean, he, he's a straight shooter, right? So he wants to, um, like, he wants everyone to come into development uh, camp and compete. And if you're good enough, then you're good enough and then you make the team. But to make sure that a 19-year-old, you know, will make the team, I mean, you can't really make that promise without having seen him in, on the North American stage first. And 
that's going to be difficult to like exactly it's going to be difficult to sell like i mean if you if you can't make that promise and that he's probably he's probably going to want to play in a bigger role than he can have in Seska Moscow because otherwise he will probably develop more in Moscow um, which which is going to be difficult but that, that therefore it is great as well that uh, Bergman makes the trip uh, at least to like make sure that Montreal does everything they can to to you know persuade him yeah you can look at uh, Kirill Kaprizov uh, or as I called him the shrimp uh, he he has really matured in his game uh, with those two years in Moscow as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's probably beneficial to stay uh, if he comes, and also he will be on an entry level contract um, when he comes over to Montreal anyway, which benefits the team in some ways because even if the cap goes up, uh, contracts will go up as well. Exactly, and we can't expect. No matter what, we can't expect these youngsters to come in and like elevate the team the first season. Like the team should be good enough, no matter what. Like if you want to make a push whilst Weber, yeah, and Price are still in their prime, um, it's not going to depend on these guys like Kale Flurry and Alexander Romanov and Matthias Norlander on the back end, and we know what the Habs have on the front end to to make that leap like it it will take a few years naturally for these guys to be that kind of players that we think they can be eventually and it brings us over to the last prospect we're going to talk about today um or the last halves prospect that we're going to talk about today um yes Ilonen, and i think he is the guy that is going to go over i'm not sure he can challenge for his spot on on uh, the canadians but he will go over this summer. I'm 99% sure of it. Uh, he was ready to go already when I met him in, in Lahti in, in April. But I, I think this is his year. Uh, he has. It's been tough for the Pelicans to, to play in the Champions Hockey League. Uh, it's been tough for the Finnish team in general. Uh, but I think in, in, for Lahti, uh, and they told me that it meant bringing 10 more between five and ten more junior players up uh, to play with Lahti in both Liga and in the Champions Hockey League and they ended up in a very very tough group as well so um, it's been an experience and I think it's been a very positive experience for the Finnish team but right now it's back to Finland swallow the disappointment and go back in and, and, and run the Liga table and do a deeper run into the playoffs as and than they had last year where they were outfoxed by a smart veteran Hoi uh, FK team. Uh, but but Ilanen is the guy that's going to come over next year. I'm, I'm betting um, a beer on that for, for anyone that takes it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure as well. I, he will have two full seasons, hopefully, if he remains, uh, if he remains healthy, he will have two full seasons of of Liga experience and also another one of of uh, the second second tier division, Mestis. Um, so he will be ready to take that leap. I'm sure he has started the season well, uh, point twice, seven points in eleven games. Um, he had 27 all of last year in 53 games as a rookie. Um, I'm sure that he can uh, can make a good leap and at least you know challenge for a spot on the uh, on the team. We'll we'll see if he like 
We've seen the same kind of development with Lucas Vedemo, and he is uh, is uh, still a rocket player. Um, I mean, he did he put up some good points in in the SHL before coming over. Uh, so I mean, it is a big leap, of course. That's uh... I'd say I, I Vedemo proved that he could score points at when he was put up in those positions. But but every time the player came back, he was demoted to to the third line checking role. Uh, especially in Djurgården, and that really hadn't really pushed up for, for to challenge for the title that they did last year, or or that they probably will this year. They have a much better team than they had when Vedemo was on there, and then now they have a third line that would would go in and score as well. Whereas uh, Vedemo centered the two Davidson brothers that uh, are also NHL drafted, but um, I think Vedemo was put in a tough position, and he hasn't really. Uh, broken the mold of that uh, pigeonhole that he's put into that uh, uh, a Jacob De La Rose, a, a defensive first kind of guy. Ilan is an offensive first kind of guy and, and uh, I see him challenging more for Lekonen spot uh, in, in the team and moving Lekonen down because Lekonen is that guy that can provide some offense and, and he will work his heart out every game and he will ask was there anything more I could have done? And whereas Ilanen, he will still work his heart out. It's not that that I'm betting against. But Lekanen is so much more secure defensively. And that is what you want in an NHL player. And and that means that you give Ilanen a top six plot, a spot or move him down to, to the rocket. Yeah, that's the problem with these guys who are defensively defensively solid um, forwards and centers uh, because like you will always I mean you will always rely on them in crunch situations which is great but it often comes like on the I mean it often decreases their offensive production because of it because you put them in a lesser role where it's more penalty penalty kill and more um, more like bottom six minutes, whilst a guy like Jesse Ullonen or even Nick Suzuki has broken into the team now, where you see that the offense clearly outweighs the defensive input, you almost always put them in a, a situation to succeed offensively because that's when they're going to make uh, make themselves, their surroundings, and the team better. Indeed. And we were supposed to speak about some of the hot prospects coming out of, of uh, Sweden and Finland for the upcoming draft but uh, I think we have to save that for another day uh, thank you Anton to, to, to join us from the eternal city I know there's always something going on in Rome so we're glad that you took uh, 30 minutes uh, out of your time to chat a little bit about ice hockey and uh, not uh, watching football all the time when you were in Italy um, we will be back with absent minded next time I think it will be Jared that hosts uh, the two suites says thank you and and Anton once again thank you for for joining us nessun problema è stato un piacere ciao